Hi, this is Steve Springer. This is Worshiping God God's Way. We're taking a look at the words for praise. What we're going to do, we're just going to take a very simple definition for each word. It's just like a gloss over. Uh, it's not nothing deep and not too explanatory, but it's going to give you some uh, information that will help you think through this process. You know, all the words that we have, speaking of praise, is that there's more than one meaning but these words are linked. They can be linked by different words and different meanings. So when we study this scripture, there's actually a semantic range that you can use when you talk about praise and other words as well. And it's just a way to look at the words and you surround those words with ones that will help you understand what that word means. So praise is basically six Hebrew words. You know, these words are just descriptions of what people are doing. And again, there could be more. You could stretch it out if you want to. But I'm going to take these six words because these really are the most common. And where we go to church, where you probably go to church or meetings that you've been in, these are things that people do. So the first one, and there's no real specific order, but there's the first one here is when you lift up your hands, that word is todah. That word just is todah, lifting up the hands, stretching them up towards heaven. Hebrews 13.15 says this, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget, though, even though you're great at praising and doing all those things, don't forget to do good and to share with others. For with each sacrifice, God is pleased. So you seek something there. You catch those two things, praise and service, worship and service. God keeps things very tight. He's always keeping things in line, and it's important. The next word is throwing your hands out with an emotional strength. Now, there's a difference between lifting your hands timidly and just kind of moving your fingers and you're thinking, oh, I hope nobody's watching me do this. On the other side of that, there's a person who could be standing right next to you and they throw their hands out with real emotion and real strength, almost like throwing a stone into the air. That word is yada, and it just means you're going for it. You're not going to be held back, you're confident, and you throw your arms out there and you go, God, here I am. Here I am. Here I'm doing this for you. Our third word is to touch the strings on an instrument, basically to play a musical instrument. You find that in Psalms. The word is zamar. You know, David did that before Saul. Saul calls David in and he said, hey, I'm not feeling too great. Could you just play some music for me? And David starts playing, the evil spirits leave. You know, that was Zamar that David was doing when he was touching the strings. Quietly bowing the head. This definition is Barak. And sometimes people confuse the bending of the neck, dropping the chin down as a moment of honor and silence before the Lord. They confuse that with the word prosukineo and with shaha, but that's all right because it's still bowing the head. And a person does that quite often. I see it a lot. It's almost the reverence before God and you think, oh my gosh, I think he's here right now. And you, like a king that walks past you, you'd tip your head down and you'd honor him that way. You know, that's Barak. 
The next one is spiritual, spontaneous songs inhabited by God. Have you been in a service where people begin to play or sing in a spontaneous manner and it gets so powerful that you sense the habitation of God in it? Well, that word is tehillah. When Paul speaks about the church in Corinthians, he mentions spiritual singing. And he probably understood this word, this definition of spiritual spontaneous songs because he actually expresses that when he's speaking about their meeting that they have together. And we can look at that more later on. But the last one is clamorously foolish celebration. The words halal, meaning hallelujah. This has been a commonly used word in some groups in some places. They like the clamorously foolish part. They really like the celebration part. But either way, it's a time when people get so excited about the presence of God, that inhabited place, that tequila where God is really moving. I've been in those meetings and it's a time when people really want to celebrate. Some people come to a church service or a meeting, and they're already willing and excited about celebrating. It's almost like the person or the people up on the platform, they could barely get out the first chord, and people are up front going for it and dancing and celebrating. That's halal. And there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, I would rather have that, and I'd rather have all of these things going on in one service, because it just brings a lightness, a freedom. It makes you realize that God is on the throne, And that's really what we're going for when we come together like that. And remember, Psalms 50.23 says, Whoever offers praise glorifies me. So when these things are done, and again, it comes back to that attitude of truth, focusing on Jesus, not just to get attention, not just to play some really great songs and sing some really high notes so people go, woo! you know, they're not that kind of stuff. We're talking about their hearts are there. God is there. Then the Lord says in Psalms 50, 23, whoever does that, that glorifies me. So the list of praise is really lifting hands. It's playing instruments. It's bowing down your head. It's singing spiritual songs. It's celebrating with great emotions, dancing and clapping and shouting before the Lord. That should be pleasing to all of us because it's an exciting place to be. That's what Mount Zion looked like when David brought the ark and he placed it there and everyone rejoiced. And when Solomon pulls the Ark of the Covenant into his temple, let me tell you, after some serious things happened and people worshiped a lot, people came came and celebrated in that way. In 1 Peter 2.9, this is Peter speaking, and he's talking to the Christians that are living in, in Rome at that time, and he has a major problem on his hands because there is a giant fire going on that was accidentally set, and it was burning down the shanties, the homes of the Jewish Christians and the Jewish people, and there's chaos going on. And they came to Peter and they said to him, they said, what are we supposed to do? So Peter says this, he says, you need to stand there and you need to show forth your praise. He says, let people see our praise, showing it as a testimony of confidence 
And it's in his power, God's power, to deliver us from the trials of life. And if you're facing those trials in life, the best thing you can do is go before the Lord and offer him praise. Start with praising. Start with lifting your hands and shouting and singing and dancing and going before him. And it doesn't matter if you're by yourself in your living room or if you're with 10 people in a synagogue or if you're with two or 300 people or 500 people in a church service. No, it's not about numbers. It's not about volume. It's not about lights, camera, action. It's none of that. It's about praise, honoring, glorifying him because of the power, because of all that he's done and all of the trials in life that he's overcome for you. And that's why Peter says to them, show forth your praise. You know, worship, Shabbat, Prosikineo, those two words, that just means bowing down, but it means drawing near. We know the definition. It's just one word. But when you talk about praise, there's at least six words. You could probably discover more if you were going to research it. But praise is multiple expressions. That's why people sometimes, they get a little bit frustrated when you talk about worship just being one thing because they want to express well, then lead them to praise. Let them express. Praise is a notable, noticeable thing. It's exuberant. You know, it can establish the Lord's presence. It's a tangible thing. It's recognizable. You know, it's emotionally drawing when people see it happening. Even non-believers, they are drawn to that type of thing. Even people without faith will say, well, those people are doing something there. The Bible says many are born in Zion. Many are born in that place where people are celebrating. But bowing before the master, it's a little different. Bowing before the master takes the person out of view. Worship is down low, unheard, possibly unseen. Praise puts everybody up in a place where everybody is seen, and it's attractive. So the Lord would say, Jesus would say, be careful, watch where your heart's going in this. I want you to glorify my Father. Let's just do it together and let's do it the right way. <laughs> 